0: This is episode 89 of the Popcast.
1: Welcome to the Popcast, a weekly podcast all about pop culture in three regular segments. We're your hosts, Josh and Maureen Goldman. Welcome back to another episode of the Popcast. Maureen, how are you?
0: Great, how are you?
1: I'm doing well. Maureen, I guess I shouldn't bury the lead since I probably put this in the title, but I think this is going to be our last episode for a little while.
0: Yeah, we're just going to do this one and then take a little break and see when the spirit moves us to start up again.
1: Yes, break, length to be determined, because Maureen is very close to giving birth to our second child, and we don't know when that's going to happen. Could be any day now. Could be by the time you're listening to this. Who knows? (laughs) Who knows for sure? If I don't get around to editing it, then you'll know. Because this episode will never come out. But yes, Maureen is getting close to giving birth. So we're going to take a break while we learn how to parent a second child along with our first child. And when we come back, uh, we'll see what that looks like. Maybe uh, less frequently than normal. uh, Maybe not for a little while. We'll see. But this is going to be our last episode for a little while. But we wanted to bring you a good one. So I've got some fun topics to talk about.
0: And before we jump into that, I just want to say, like, while we're on our little break whatever that may look like. Feel free to reach out and give us suggestions of things you want to hear about in the future or to say no need to come back. We don't miss you or <laughs> we really do miss you. Like let us know what you're thinking. Can
1: you imagine if normally, you know, we get a little feedback from time to time. Can you imagine if we got a ton of feedback that was like please <laughs> never come back ever again. Well, you
0: know what then we would know. We and would know. We definitively. would stop doing it. Yes. All right, well, more
1: I want to ask you first, you know, what is this? This weather is crazy lately. I, I feel like we're in like a yo-yo weather pattern. So it was warm, almost summer-like the other day. Mm. Now it's back to being cold it's and rainy. Spring.
0: I don't know. This feels very normal to me. We're, I think We're into May. I think we just don't normally observe the weather as much as we do. We're really like... usually it's aware? Like, well, no, it's usually like you are aware of the weather on your morning commute and on your evening commute. And other than that, you're inside. And so I think now it's like... You know, all of us being home, I didn't even go outside today, but like I, you see it out the windows all the time. Like it's quite refreshing.
1: Yeah, it's nice. But, you know, I, you know, the old adage, April showers bring May flowers. Now it's just April showers bring May. What did I say? Did I say it right?
0: April showers bring more May showers. Is yes, that's what, what I mean meant.
1: Yeah, my joke didn't even <laughs> land. All right. Well, forget that. Maureen, let's jump into the snack bag because I got a couple fun topics that I found and i want to get your opinion on them first of all we have to say our hulu free trial is coming to an end womp. womp. but we did end up watching like i think like 10 episodes of the good wife pretty good yeah it was a, it was a fun watch it's one of those ones you know we mentioned before it's just fun to Catch one every now and then, and you don't really have to know a ton about the show to to enjoy it. But Maureen, our first snack bag topic, you didn't watch Tiger King, but you did watch the trailer, and I'm sure you've seen enough about it to know that the main character that we talked about all on the podcast last week is this guy named Joe Exotic. He is like this eccentric guy who's who's now in prison for you know a murder for hire plot, kind of a crazy guy. Well, they've cast an actor to play him in a movie. I want to give you a guess. Give me an actor who you think could play a character as crazy, as larger than life as joe exotic
0: i can't because i saw your notes on your computer okay. and i already know who it is but i think it's perfect so it's, i think it's literally the most perfect casting choice ever so
1: it's gonna be nicholas cage so amazing gonna play joe exotic in the movie i i can't think of anybody better so it's,
0: i just watched moonstruck did i talk about this yet no okay well maybe this will be my teaser too but i just watched moonstruck for the first time which is like a classic share won an oscar for it and nicholas cage is in it and he
1: does he have a big role but oh, he's, he's like the, the male lead?
0: Yeah, pretty okay. much. And he's a total wackadoo, like total wackadoo in a like very positive way, I guess. But like he's just so weird. And like, I think you had me watch Chasing Arizona or maybe I watched it watched on an it on airplane. An airplane. Ra- and I was raising like, Arizona. What? Raising Arizona. I was like, what is this? I mean, then you have get like the family man and like National Treasure. But like that's not the essence of But he's cage. so
1: weird in National Treasure too. Like even that, what's supposed to be a pretty normal action family movie he's so weird in that too
0: can you give us an impression can you do it
1: i feel like this is. i don't know can i do a Nicolas cage impression okay let me try i'm gonna steal the declaration of independence
0: he's just the way he talks it's just gonna be perfect
1: that was not good i
0: don't want to watch the real tiger king but i may watch Nicolas cage as the tiger king
1: so this this reminds me a little bit of you know back uh, i think in 2016 there was both the oj simpson documentary the eight part ESPN documentary, but there was also the 10 part FX OJ. Uh, miniseries that we watched we watched together so I feel like it's something similar than that you didn't watch the documentary I don't think that that interested you too much but then we sat down and watched the miniseries which had Cuba Gooding Jr. and Sarah Paulson and I thought that was very good too so maybe this will be similar I don't know if this is going to be sort of like a direct to Netflix kind of movie or if it's going to be in theaters if theaters ever come back but I'm definitely interested in seeing (laughs) Nicolas Cage as Joe Exotic I think that'll be a lot of fun Maureen, our next snack bag topic. Do you know what this one is too? Did you read this one? No. Okay. Tom Cruise. He's gonna get back in the saddle as soon as we can start filming stuff again. He's got a new he's got a new movie coming up with he's gonna partner with Elon Musk, who, you know, the creator owner of Tesla, also the creator of and the owner of SpaceX, the you know, the aeronautical company. They are going to film a movie in in space. space. No joke.
0: Oh, my gosh.
1: <laughs> Maureen, what is your reaction to this?
0: It's so Tom Cruise. I don't even know what to say. I-, I mean...
1: Would you watch this movie?
0: I think we will watch this movie. If you
1: didn't have me to, to say, let's watch this movie, is there anything about this that interests you? Watching Tom Cruise... In a movie that is filmed in space. He's What's like, the movie about an astronaut? I don't know, who cares? Who cares? Literally, Tom Cruise could just be floating through space, punching something, and it would be <laughs> awesome.
0: Uh, I'm not sure that I would pay money to see this if you weren't in my life, but uh, yeah, I mean, I would watch this. This is the first movie filmed in space.
1: I think so. so I don't think they filmed anything in space. That's pretty- Except for Apollo 13, epic. that was filmed in space. No, it wasn't. <laughs> Was it? No, it oh. wasn't. That'd be funny if I was like, Oh yeah, they filmed it on the moon. They
0: must have an insane budget.
1: Well, Elon Musk is rich and Tom Cruise is crazy, so I think it works out. I can't wait for this. I don't know what it's gonna be. I don't again, I don't care about the plot. It's just gonna be awesome.
0: The thing about Tom Cruise that at least I appreciate is that like he is so committed. Yeah. Like he is a hundred percent lives for I mean, I don't know him as a person, but it seems like he a hundred percent lives for the next film challenge and he doesn't care about anything else.
1: No, I totally so this agree. It
0: seems totally on brand.
1: Yeah. It's going to be awesome. No other details so far about the movie, except that they partnered together to film a movie in space. Like I, th- he's going to have to learn how to become an astronaut to do this movie, to like get up there in the th- direction. This is what
0: he lives for.
1: Yeah. He did learn how to fly a helicopter in a very like dangerous situation for mission impossible six, which is a great movie by the way. It's on Amazon Prime, I believe, if you've never seen it, it's definitely worth watching.
0: Tom Cruise reminds me of one of those free solo climbers.
1: Yeah, he's definitely as, like...
0: Because he doesn't care. He cares more about, like, the adrenaline rush and, like, learning something new and accomplishing it than he does about, like, the potential mortality. Like, yeah, that he's facing when doing those things. Well,
1: I already mentioned that you know one of the entertainment losses from this coronavirus pandemic was that they had to shut down production on Mission Impossible Seven and Eight, which were filming back to back. Which is like my dream to have more Mission Impossible movies. I think I mentioned recently. It's one of my favorite series. You guys, I've
0: been married to Josh for many years, and. I never knew how much he liked Mission Impossible, We have seen
1: four, five, and six in theaters together. Yes,
0: but you you see everything in theaters. You just love things in theaters, especially things with explosions. I just love Mission
1: Impossible. I just think it's so great. I think it's so fun.
0: accomplished.
1: (laughs) I won't spoil what movies that's from, but he does say that in one movie. All right, Maureen, our last snack bag topic. This is something I thought was interesting. You may be aware, or some of our listeners may be aware, that in order to qualify to be nominated for an Oscar... Typically your movie has to have run in a theater in Los Angeles for one week in order to be eligible. Well, this year the Academy Awards has said you don't actually have to do that this year because of the pandemic. They are throwing that rule out the window. So any movie that is streamed and made available will, could be eligible for an Oscar. Now I think there are probably certain other requirements, which we don't know yet, but I think that's a big thing. I think it's interesting. And They have said so far that this will be the only year that they do that, assuming that, you know, everything goes back to relative normal next year. But I think what this does is it's already made the movie theaters very angry because you might remember that the first and only movie so far that was set to be released on 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 the big screen, but then was moved to on demand. Was Trolls World Tour it made over a hundred million dollars on demand, which is pretty amazing. Like families were flocking to it. With... Yes,
0: of course, because they they need something for their children to do while they're working.
1: But the movie was put out by Universal and AMC, the big conglomerate of movie theaters in the United States, came out and said, "We will no longer show any Universal movies in our theaters." If they continue to put them out on demand, even amidst this coronavirus Come on thing.
0: AMC, that's freaking ridiculous. And then
1: Regal said the same thing.
0: What is what is Universal supposed to do?
1: I don't know. I think they're saying uh, I, I I'd think be like movie
0: theaters are dead. See you later.
1: I, I do think that the the win here is going to be on the the studio side, the Universal side, any other studios that are putting out movies, because the movie theaters are sort of an uh, you know, a, a relic of time gone by. I mean, certainly there are certain movies that are more fun to see in theaters. We just talked about Mission Impossible. I think those movies are infinitely more enjoyable on a big screen. But when you talk about indie movies, when you talk about even animated movies that kids don't care if the screen is you know, 100 feet wide, parents would rather just have that content and be able to do it at home. So I don't anticipate that these studios will want to... Put movies on demand forever but certainly in their best business decision to do so now
0: yeah i was gonna say to me it's more of like a this is something you have to take seriously during the pandemic like people can't just be going to the movie theaters like that's there's no reason to
1: i think the problem is going to be when states start to open up again and people are still a little wary of like going and they're not you know the theaters are not seeing business and the the And then in return, the studios are not seeing business, whether the studios will continue to put stuff out on demand until we get, you know, a a vaccine where things are able to go back to what they used to be. Because they're talking about now, oh, we'll open movie theaters and we'll have 25 percent capacity. We'll we'll block off two rows and then, you know, you can sit in the next row and we'll block off seats and which all seems relatively safe as long as they're able to wipe things down and people are wearing masks and gloves. I mean, it doesn't seem enjoyable, but it's certainly more safe than an entirely packed theater. But I still think the majority of Americans will likely avoid that until we get an all clear, whether it's through a vaccine or, you know, whatever the case may be. So I don't know. I, I talked about this with someone else and I definitely think that the, the movie theaters are going to lose this battle but we'll see. Who knows? All right, Maureen, let's move on to our premiere topic today, our final premiere topic for a little bit. What I want to talk about today is the TV show Parks and Rec. And the reason that this is good timing to talk about this is for two two reasons. First, the show ended five years ago in February 2015, so pretty good timing in terms of an anniversary. But recently, as in last week, Parks and Rec had a reunion show. They basically reunited as a cast to put together an entirely, uh, you know, isolated version of their show to raise money for a charity, Feeding America, and they got the entire cast back, including cast members who had left the show earlier in its run, and they got them back for an entire thirty-minute episode of the show, and I thought it was great. I, th- I thought the reunion was really fun. It was funny. It was well put together. It was well done. They, with the exception of maybe one of the actors, Aziz Ansari. It looked like everybody took like the filming protocol and the, you know, like lighting themselves well and and they sounded good. You know, and the whole idea was that this was taking place over like a Zoom call type of a thing. And if you're familiar with the show, it was like one of the companies that was in the the final season of the show. But I thought it was really well done and I wanted to to ask you what you thought of the reunion special and then we'll talk more broadly about the show.
0: I thought it was awesome and I think the thing that I said to Josh while we were watching it is why is this so much funnier than Saturday Night Live? Like Saturday Night Live also tried to do one of these, like we're going to have our cast members like film things at home and like we'll stitch it together. And it was not funny. It was very bizarre. And this, it was funny. It was like, it had a little narrative going. You know, they, you know, made jokes about some of the things we're all experiencing of, you know, on Zoom calls and things like that. It was, It. I, I really liked it a lot.
1: I wonder if part of it is that, We were familiar with the characters. And so some of the funniest things were when characters came back that and were doing things that we had laughed about when the show was on. So the difference between that and Saturday Night Live is that the Saturday Night Live stuff is all new sketches. Like you're familiar with the cast members, but the content itself is trying to be topical as opposed to revisiting characters that you know and love. And so I think that's one of the reasons why the Parks and Rec thing was so fun is that you were seeing characters back on screen interacting with each other, even if they were in their own homes, you know, filming this stuff. And it felt like you were visiting old friends. And I think that was one of the other cool things about the special was that the whole concept was that even though we're apart, we need to make sure we stay in touch. Like the whole premise of this was that Leslie Nope, the main character played by Amy Poehler was trying to connect with all of her friends. And she made a point to connect with them every day. Now, that might be extreme for some of us but the idea that connecting with your friends in a big group setting can be valuable for mental health even in even in you know this time i think that's a great message that they were able to put in there as well and the point of the whole special was to raise money for this feeding america charity and they raised like almost $3 million the last time I checked. It might even be over that. They're raising money through May 21st. So I'll leave a link to the special. It's on YouTube for free right now. If you were a fan of Parks and Rec, you should definitely check it out if you missed it. I saw a lot of people on my social media who were fans of this. You know, they watched it as well. They seem to have very positive things to say about it. But I thought it was great. And it was a really good use of, you know, the people's time and their energy to do something like this. I imagine the production was difficult. I mean, they were like special effects to make it look like a Zoom call type of a thing, but I thought they did a really good job, and it was really fun. All right, Maureen, we both have watched the show. I don't know if we watched – I think you watched it after I did on Netflix. Yeah. What is your overall opinion of the show? I have been on record saying that I think the show as a whole – all Seasons Put Together is one of my favorite comedies, like st- strongest in terms of like start to finish comedies. Where does it rank for you?
0: Yeah, I really like this one. I enjoyed it. I, d- I did not watch it live. I watched it kind of like, uh, you know, an episode or two at a time um, over a period of a few months. I think it's, I, it's one of my favorites. I have not felt the need to go back and rewatch it in the same way that like I could Friends or Dawson's Creek or Gilmore Girls. It's a little sillier than that. Like it's even sillier than Friends, right? This is a you got a lot of like archetype characters in Parks and Rec which I think is really novel the first time around, but I haven't wanted to like go back and watch it. That being said, I really loved seeing everybody again in the special. Um and maybe if more time passed since I had I had watched it, I would want to go back. I think it's really enjoyable. I think Amy Poehler does a lovely job of kind of leading this cast and keeping everybody together. And I think you've got some really good supporting characters who are over the top and are silly, but they're lovable. And so you just kind of, like identify with them,
1: yeah. I think that the the show overall is is really strong because of the ensemble cast. So yes, Leslie Nope, Amy Poehler's character, is the lead of the show. But you have all these great characters that, you know, do a great job supporting that role. And I mentioned this on a podcast before when we talked about The Office. But, you know, this was initially meant to be a spin-off of The Office. You know, this idea that one of the characters would move to this fictional town of Pawnee and then they would become, you know, integrated into that community. They dropped that idea before they filmed the pilot. But... One of the carryovers was Rashida Jones, who was on The Office for a little while, left there, and then came to Parks and Rec. So there was a little bit of that carryover. But initially, the show is done in a mockumentary style of filmmaking. So they have like these talking head moments where it looks like you're watching a documentary, but it's obviously a comedy. And I mentioned this on The Office podcast, but the character of Leslie Nope was very unlikable in the first season. The first season is six episodes long. And I don't think they really knew what to do with that character. And she was unlikable in a way that was similar to Steve Carell's Michael Scott on The Office. But instead of adjusting the character of Leslie Nope, they adjusted how everybody else reacted to her in the second season. And that made a huge difference in terms of how the audience viewed her as a character. Because instead of being annoyed by her and her zeal for local government
0: and binders
1: and binders and very like silly things that, you know, could be annoying or grating. Instead, the audience came to love all of that stuff about her because all of the people around her loved that about her. And that was a really novel thing for them to do. And then they introduced new characters played by Adam Scott and, and Rob Lowe in the second season that became staples on the show. And they just kept building this ensemble cast. So I think that that's one of the reasons why, I think the show was so successful because of the cast. Maureen, if you had to pick an MVP of the show, who would you pick?
0: I mean, probably Ron Swanson played by Nick Offerman who is just really dry sense of humor and funny. I also think Aziz Ansari's Tom Haverford has some really funny moments. He's more annoying and like superfluous whereas like Ron you can kind of always count on and he's like a the straight man in a lot which is funny, but Aziz I think has some really great I'm thinking specifically of the hot pepper. Yeah. This is how you eat it. And then he straight up, like, his mouth is on fire. And there's just some really nice moments with both of them.
1: I think the easy answer is Amy Poehler, as well as you know. I think she's sort of the centerpiece of the show. But to give a different perspective, I would say the minor characters who make appearances here and there. And I don't mean... Like, like John just, Ralphio? Yeah, like John Ralphio, uh, played by Ben Schwartz, who's a great comedic actor. I first discovered him on YouTube years before I ever saw him in Parks and Rec. And he has a new comedy special, an improv special on Netflix with Thomas Middleditch from... Silicon Valley, that's really funny too. That's just like long form improv. But those kind of characters that only appear, I think he's only in like 10, 15 episodes, and he only has very small parts, but he was a small part of the special. And just that like, one minute that he had on screen was as funny as everything else, because he's one of those characters, to take one as an example, who's big and loud and large, and you wouldn't want 30 minutes a week of that kind of character. But to have those kind of characters sprinkled in from time to time, it just added so much to the show and I I really appreciated having that. So I would say those are my my MVPs, all those minor characters who make who make uh, cameos every so often.
0: It's like the bowl of ice cream I just consumed. You know, you've got your like delicious chocolate and vanilla and even some like chocolate syrup. But then you just want a little dusting of sprinkles just to make it feel fun. <laughs> It's a good analogy. Good analogy. Anything that you
1: think brings the show down and a least valuable player? I mean, I think there's one obvious choice. But Mark Brandanowicz. Yeah, he didn't last No,
0: I wanted him to be long. in the, the reunion special. That would have been funny.
1: I kind of had wished. So this is a character who appeared in the first and second season and then left the show. And the reason the actor left the show is because he didn't feel like he had much going for him in terms of like where they were writing his character. And he probably wasn't wrong. But... I kind of did want him to reappear in the finale, the the original finale that aired in 2015. I think it would have been interesting to see where he ended up, because in that finale, they flash forward, I think, like 30 years to see where all the characters are. But he is definitely the the one that drags it down. And I would say that, you know, he's just kind of boring. Like there's nothing appealing about the
0: actor. It's just like they don't write the part very well. There's not a lot.
1: Doesn't mean he's not the least valuable player. Sorry, dude. Yeah, you just didn't quite. You just didn't quite uh, stand
0: out. Sometimes a- April is hard for me.
1: Yeah. So this is played by by Aubrey Plaza. She's very deadpan. I think that's her whole her whole shtick.
0: I think there's just like a, sh- a smidge too much of her. Like I think if she was m- more so than John Ralphio, but I don't know. It Leslie and Ron both just like are obsessed with her for a, a good portion of the series, and it's just a little overkill.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I can see that too. Maureen, we already talked about this a little bit, but if no one's seen the show, would you recommend it?
0: Yes, definitely. Especially now, it's very uplifting and fun, and I think it's one of those that you can easily like binge-watch through quarantining in the pandemic and like you'll feel good when you do so.
1: Yeah, I definitely think it's it's worth watching and it's easy to watch too. I think did you already say this, but you would watch it like when folding laundry or,
2: or doing stuff. Yeah, it was pet. like
0: one or two episodes at a time, you know, and and you On Netflix and streaming it's like they're 20 minutes or something so it's very easily digestible you don't have to like do it in large quantities so I didn't watch the the
1: show from the beginning when it was on the air I, I picked it up I think halfway through you know live but when I started watching it I did watch the beginning of the first couple seasons maybe the first three or four seasons on Netflix and I remember one weekend in particular, this is when before Maureen and I were married, I was living, you know, in my house with a couple other guys after I finished college. And I must have watched, I don't know, like 20 plus episodes between Saturday and Sunday, maybe more than that. It was a huge chunk of episodes. And I started having dreams that I was, lived in Pawnee, <laughs> that I was friends with Leslie Nope and Ron Swanson and Tom Haverford. I mean, like it was... I, I could never do that again. Obviously, now we have a family, but I don't think I would want to do it again either. It was really creepy. You to, guys,
0: next time Josh is like, what do you want to do for your birthday weekend or Father's Day? He's going to be like, I want to go somewhere by myself and just watch Parks and Rec <laughs> for 20 hours in a row. I don't even think I could sit still for that long anymore
1: without falling asleep. I'm old. I'm getting older. I, I just want to sleep. I think if you
0: slept more, you could. Perhaps. Perhaps. There's <laughs> no
1: time for that. All right, Maureen. Let's move on to our teasers. Last teasers for a little bit. So I have two to give. Do you have a teaser for our audience?
0: Yes. Mine is maybe one of yours.
1: What is it? You give yours first. Well, it's it's not. I don't. Not, neither of these. I things. was gonna
0: say upload. Oh yeah, yeah. That's a good one. So Josh suggested this. It's an Amazon Prime show, and it's like thirty minute episodes ish, and it's about twenty twenty four. Although it's twenty thirty three. 2033.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I think feel like something I saw
0: a poster on the wall and one of the things I think it was before. an old poster like it was Ooh. like something Okay, the so best. it's in the future and it's basically talking about like instead of letting your body die you can like upload your consciousness into this basically like w- virtual reality. Very interesting. Also more light and fluffy like this isn't like an Ozark where everyone's going to get murdered in front of you. So I'm into it
1: check it out yeah it's really fun it's from the creator of the office greg daniels it's a show that he apparently conceived like 30 plus years ago when he was writing for saturday night live he had this idea and he sort of had to wait for the technology to catch up with him because if you watch the show you'll know there's a lot of special effects there's a lot of like futuristic stuff and um so he waited a, a little while and now it's a it's a great fit for streaming so I it also the, seems
0: like it's completely plausible. Like I know it's not actually. Yeah. But it's not, it doesn't seem like so big of a stretch right. as it might have 30 years ago. Right.
1: I mean, and there are also other pieces of technology in there, like, you know, virtual screens that you control with your fingers and self-driving cars and things like that 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 definitely seem possible. Maureen, my teaser, I have two again, because this is our last one for a while. So I wanted to make sure I got both of these in. The first one. Is a song, and it more, more, uh, more than the song, the band, and you've actually seen this band in concert. Did you? Did you know that? Who? It's a band called Johnny Swim. You went with yeah, your friend Evie. I, they were great. Yes, and I just, I, I don't know how I happened upon the song. It might have been a Spotify recommended song, but
0: they're it very playing. your vibe.
1: Yeah. So the song is called Bridges. It's off their most recent album that came out in 2019.
2: So here we find ourselves, arms deep in the wishing well. Holding to love, love that's ours Steady, we've kept our eyes clear from the exit sign Knowing that fear can feel like doubt Oh-oh-oh, no point in staying safe Oh-oh-oh, it oh, oh, just gets in way So let's burn the bridges down Let's burn the bridges down, light em up, no turning around. No escape through the ashes now. Let's burn the bridges down. Let's burn the bridges down. Light 'em up, no turning around. No escape through the ashes now. Let's burn the bridges down.
1: Like I started listening to a lot of their other stuff too Great band, love them And I would highly recommend They were it.
0: great live as well yeah, If they, we ever have concerts again They
1: definitely seem like a band that would be good live The other recommendation I have for you Is a 10 part documentary series That is airing currently on ESPN It's called The Last Dance I know Maureen would not be interested in this It Michael is about Jordan. Michael Jordan And the 1997-1998 Chicago Bulls team That won a championship You should
0: talk to my dad about this I'm sure he's watching. So
1: I'm not a huge fan of uh, NBA basketball. Like, it's just not that interesting to me. But of course, I'm a sports fan and there's been a huge lack of any sports content for the past month and a half. There's no sports happening at all right now, except for Korean baseball. I kid you not, is being aired on ESPN six days a week now. They signed a deal to do that because they have nothing else to show. But this documentary, which was originally supposed to come out this summer, they bumped it up so that they could start airing it now. And it's just really well done. It's a fascinating look at the person of Michael Jordan, but also lots of people he interacted with, too, like Scottie Pippen, Dennis Rodman, lots of players, you know, Magic Johnson, Larry Bird, all these like famous big, big time players. And one of my favorite things that I've seen so far is in the very first episode, they're talking about how Michael Jordan influenced the city of Chicago. And they did interviews with a lot of people who were on the teams and involved with the teams, but also people who were in the city at the same time. And one of the people that they interviewed was Barack Obama because he was a Chicago resident. But instead of titling him, you know, in his like, You know lower thirds title, instead of saying President Barack Obama or former United States president, they list him as Barack Obama, former Chicago resident, which I thought was really funny. Mm -hmm. They later list him as President Barack Obama, but I thought that was pretty funny. That is on ESPN. It's currently airing right now. They're still part seven, eight, and then nine and 10 coming up in the next two weeks. It airs every Sunday night, two episodes, but I'm sure you can find the first six episodes on demand. Highly recommend those. Very interesting. All right, Maureen. Anything else to wrap up this chapter of the Popcast era?
0: Thank you for listening, everyone. We love getting your comments every week and hearing what resonates with you and which things you tried and liked. And we can't wait to talk again soon, whenever that may be.
1: Yeah, so we'll be back sometime in the future. But until then, stay safe, stay healthy, and thanks for listening.
0: You can leave us feedback, comments, or questions on each episode by going to vernacularpodcast.com slash we would love to hear from you. You can also reach us by emailing thepopcast at vernacularpodcast.com.
1: Please also subscribe, rate, and review our show on your podcast app of choice so you don't miss an episode. We'll be back next week, as always, sitting in our basement with a brand new episode. Talk to you then.
0: Bye, everybody. Bye. <laughs>
1: For our listeners, Maureen is holding the baby's hand through her stomach.